today's reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where there was sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this time, and at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what is spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Vicki. We took a road trip to Kansas City last weekend and the drive home got a little squirrely. We had about 150 miles to go when we hit bottom. We were all tired of sitting in the car, hands were sticky from eating Starbursts. There was frustration that we could not find the local radio affiliate to listen to the Twins game. The Iowa scenery was not as exciting as it was on the way down. Some wanted to sleep, and some wanted to goof off. I'm not naming names. And every one of us was bugging each other. So I turned around in the driver's passenger seat and said, can everyone please just draw a bubble around themselves? It was one of those times where as soon as the words came out of my mouth, 
I realized how absurd that request really was. And it was one that was never going to happen. Drawing a bubble around ourselves. Jesus promised his disciples that after his death, that the Holy Spirit would come to them. Jesus described this Holy Spirit as an advocate, a counselor, the one who would remind them of everything that Jesus had taught them. Yet, I wonder what they were expecting They had to be a little clueless to how this would all happen. When would it come? What would it feel like? And what if they missed it? In a way, they had drawn a bubble around themselves, keeping themselves protected and unaffected until that Holy Spirit did come along. And that day came. They were all gathered together Luke tells us there came a sound of a violent wind sweeping through that room. Tongues of fire, imagine that. Tongues of fire came and rested on each one, and they began speaking in other languages. Clearly, the bubble had been popped. No longer are things neat and controlled. The wind of the Spirit blew right in to disrupt the status quo and to get them talking. Luke uses words like bewildered, amazed, astonished. And yet others who were there sneered and did not believe. It was a crazy ride in Jerusalem on that first Pentecost. As Pastor Joel said, today is Pentecost in the church year, the day we celebrate this gift of the Holy Spirit It's a big festival day, kind of like Christmas Eve and Easter. Can't you tell? (laughs) I remember my high school English teacher who attended my home church would wear her bright red dress suit each Pentecost Sunday. But for most of you, it's just a regular day. We just don't connect with the Holy Spirit like we seem to connect with God and Jesus. Who is this Holy Spirit anyway? If you ever hear Alex Trebek on Jeopardy say, pneumatology, your response should be, what is the study of the Holy Spirit? Crazy, isn't it? Spirit, it means wind or breath. And oftentimes, the dove is the symbol to represent her. Some have likened her to be a gardener, but yet all of this seems so elusive. One of my mentors calls her wispy, and rightfully so. We just can't grasp or know what the spirit will be like. How do we know she's there? Where will we find her? Of all these big churchy definitions of the Holy Spirit, the one that I can hold on to is this. The inbreaking of God in the world. The inbreaking of God in the world. Inbreaking is not so much gentle and calm, although it can be. 
but rather wild like that violent wind we hear from today that blew into the windows in Jerusalem, inbreaking like there is nothing that will keep God away from this world. The Holy Spirit may come in force and oddity like in Acts to allow people to speak in many languages so all can hear about God, but she never forces one to act or believe. The breath of life can be ignored, pushed away. Luke tells us that some that day sneered and thought that the people who were speaking were just drunk. We too forget about the Spirit or we deny her power to bring life, to connect people together, to speak truths, to rustle us up, to do a new thing. We often think these things are limited solely to human action. I think our greatest neglect may be that we don't trust the Holy Spirit because we just never know what we're supposed to trust in. Yet, if I asked you, and I will today, where have you felt life? Think about that for a moment. Where have you experienced life? I know, I know you will answer with something that is real and tangible, a story, a moment, something specific. Some may call it serendipity or coincidence, yet there's something deeper, a force of life, an inbreaking of God into your little world, the bubble is popped. Some of the most challenging yet abundant work for us as a church is to discern the Holy Spirit, to tap into her, to trust her. That is the core of our work. It's never going to be easy or tidy. And some will choose not to believe or engage with her. Yet, this is the force of life that birthed the early church, that pushed them ahead to interact with people who were different, that allowed them to notice and name God's presence, to sustain them, to give them life. That same spirit that brought creative light to darkness and chaos in the beginning of time, the same spirit that was breathed into Adam and Eve's lungs, the same spirit that brought Jesus' dead body to life, the same spirit that stormed into that room where the disciples sat, is the same spirit that enters your lungs and breathes life into all of creation. We are celebrating our graduating seniors today at 1045. Peter, in his first sermon, has words for them, and he has words for you. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Maybe the last days were actually the first days of Pentecost. Alas, maybe it is today and every day. God's spirit is poured out upon all flesh. 
Sons and daughters shall prophesy, young men and women shall see visions, and old men and women shall dream dreams. Don't forget to prophesy, to speak from your heart of your experience of the Spirit, to speak of your heart your experiences of life. You need to speak them, and someone needs to hear them in a way that will come to them. Don't squander the vision, yours, our collective hopes of what, to, what is to come, your insights in how the Spirit is moving and what you dare to think possible. Vision is the light of God that leads us ahead. And don't sleep away this life so that you miss your dreams to swim in the chaos of grand ideas and colorful things that ignite your imagination and scare you and empower you to be about that thing that you're called to do with passion and tenacity. And don't forget that this spirit of life is within you, sealed into you at your baptism and abounding and dwelling in the sticky, dense, and delightful details of this world. Yet know that there are naysayers around you, those who do not want their bubbles popped, those who want to hold to the limits of what they are called, are, those who want to hold off the limits of what they are called to create. Yet the Spirit is still there, moving, stirring, creating, and propelling us ahead. God in heaven, for Jesus' sake, stir up in us the gift of your Holy Spirit. Amen.